When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome once again to the pre-roll. Narrative episodes are back this week, but we have reached another Skyjacks interlude. A break in the action where we look at characters who aren't part of the main cast. We're doing these interludes to give ourselves time to record with our brand new cast member playing Oromar Vale. Yes, Oromar has already been cast, but we are not revealing who has been cast yet. We currently expect to make that reveal on or around August 4th when the first episode starring our new cast member will be available. In the meantime, everyone else is going to need to rest on pins and needles awaiting the news. For now, our interlude focuses on two characters hopefully everyone is excited to hear about. As the leader of Bujanith's black market, the broker enters a negotiation with one of the most powerful privateers in the world of Sphere, Remington Youngblood to settle the potentially explosive political fallout of the events of our Neath arc. To do these episodes, we once again reached out to friend of the show Ben Meredith to reprise his role as Remington for the first time playing instead of just reading lines. If you only recognize Ben from his work on our earlier Skyjacks interlude, I urge you to go out and listen to his work with the Rusty Quill Network. He's a performer on Rusty Quill Gaming, Elias on the Magnus Archives, and David Seven on Stellar Firma. All programs which I heartily recommend you go out and listen to right away. I'm always thrilled to work with Ben, and thanks to him, I think this negotiation came out great. For this negotiation scene, we are playing a custom Powered by the Apocalypse RPG that I designed. If you want to know more about how the game works, check out the Skyjacks feed for a 10-minute bit of explanation audio where I walk you through the system and how it works. Just like with our post-arc discussion, this episode was edited by Ali Grauer, and it also doesn't feature a mid-roll, so be sure to stick around after the show for a word from one of our sponsors and to hear the names of our Patreon supporters. But now, with all of that out of the way, let's take to the sky. We begin our story in dark and swirling clouds over the city of Bujanith. The last time we saw this city, it was in the throes of Ire Piora, covered in the decorative blooms and colors that celebrate teams from around the city. We now see Bujanith as it normally is, a drab and gray place defined by thick and dark blacks along the tiles on rooftops, dark gray stone for walls and facades of businesses, with the only splash of color in the city being the covered tents that make up Bujanith's ironically named Black Market. We cross the Black Market towards the imposing building that overlooks it through the stylized and skull-shaped window that makes up the broker's offices, where the broker 
the leader of the black market and one of the most important and influential people in the whole city of Bujanith takes their meetings. We can see that very recently some of the masonry work and glasswork on these windows has been repaired as some months ago someone jumped through this window after one of these meetings. We can see the broker dressed in the full regalia of his office. He is wearing a full and feathered, like almost, I really actually wouldn't know. It's like, it's a collar, but it extends to his shoulders. He has with it a dark velvet cape and a form-fitting but structured suit. He also is wearing thick eyeliner, but it is not the costumed eyeliner that we might have seen during the Iorpiora uh, competition. This is more business-like. The broker is also attended on many sides by spooky butlers dressed in their best as well. There are a lot of blacks, of course, and purples in their costuming, but there are also bright silvers. The broker looks a bit uncomfortable trying to settle into the chair uh, set at the head of the skull-shaped table where they take their most important meetings. I think right now the other seat on the opposite side is unoccupied, and we find the broker in the few minutes before they will begin one of the most important negotiations that they have overseen in their career. Ben, I want to know, what is it like when Remington Youngblood enters the room? I think that Remington opens the door himself with a kind of dump or nonplussed uh, spooky butler who was expecting to open the door, um, leaves the door open for um, the servant to close, of course, uh, strides in, takes his seat and just immediately begins as a tactic to try and throw the broker off. No pleasantries, just straight into negotiations. Well, I think because I get the venue, certainly you get to start. Uh, so have at it. Broker, such a shame I couldn't be here for the Iapiora. Well, I think we know why we're here. You had my brother killed. The broker raises his eyebrows. Not officially. Officially or unofficially, the fact of the matter remains that Tiberius Youngbud is dead. Killed by one of your team. I think this is absolutely stating a grievance. Mm. So let's let's go through uh, the stating a grievance move. Uh, and we've to do that, we've got to ask some questions. The first is, are you capitalizing on a secret? Uh, I think the answer is probably no. Well, I, I don't know any secrets, so I can't, right? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, like, we, we could have decided that the official death of, of Remington was a secret. Uh, like, you know, there there are certain things, but like, reading between the lines, I think anyone can figure out that, yeah, yeah. especially I, with the, the ensuing trial, the broker yeah, has I mean, something to do with that. And Gable killed him during an event wearing the broker's colors, I guess, so... Yeah. Wasn't the most subtle yeah. of, of, of assassinations. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's hard to talk your way out of that one, for yeah. sure. The next question is, is it personal? 
I would argue absolutely yes. Yeah. The most. Um, and are you willing to lose composure? I think yes, because I All think right. Remington values a tactical loss of composure to show the broker just how serious he is. Excellent. Then roll plus two. Okay. Uh, so that is an eight up to a 10. Okay. It's a 10. So you gain plus three leverage. Yeah, well, I, I, I think the loss of composure is um, a like, after he says, uh, you know, the, the fact that the batter is my brother is dead, he clenches his fist and bangs it on the table. Mm-hmm. And his face remains stony, but this kind of like quite violent and aggressive action at the start of a negotiation is a very heavy indication of how furious he is. This, I think, speaks to a, a difference in perspective that we have here, because from my perspective, Mr. Youngblood, I didn't have your brother killed. I had a man killed who was a devious and threatening agent of the Red Feather Syndicate. That man did happen to be your brother. And for that, I am willing to I'm willing to make amends. I don't blame the Young Blood family for what happened. I certainly don't blame you for what happened. Uh, but at the end of the day, Tiberius's actions stand on their own and needed to be answered for in some way, shape, or form. And uh, he found his answer. Uh, but I'm not here to lecture you, and this is a diplomatic negotiation, and you are owed recompense. I admire what you've done with the Youngblood family. Truly, I do. I was overlooking the records of my predecessor, and I have to say that the rise to power of the Youngblood family under your leadership is impressive. You have always been a staple of the nobility across fear long before we rediscovered ourselves through airships. But you in particular had some vision. And that is something that I deeply respect. And because I value your thought, your perspective, and would like to continue working with you, I am willing to offer you the services of my office. I would like to allow you access to the services of our accountants, of our risk management agents. I I, I would like to lend to you logistic resources that outside of the small web within Bougenith simply don't exist anywhere else on Sphere. At this, uh, I'm making an overture. Mm -hmm. Did I praise my opponent? Uh, I absolutely did. You do not have an emotional condition, so that uh, you don't need to uh, dismiss one. Mm -hmm. Did I spend a resource? I am willing to spend a resource to make this overture, yes. Okay. Um, So I am going to my resources. I'm moving them from 10 down to 9. Make an overture. Uh, the, the last one is, did you remind them of the value of your alliance? Um, not exactly, but also not no either. I'll, I'll leave it to you whether you want to, to uh, give a point to that. I, I think I'd, um, I'd I'd give you a, a point to that. I mean, 
the broker is offering the services of their like in in their official or unofficial capacity so they're doing what they're good at mm-hmm. then i will roll plus three here i get a seven on that but plus three brings it up to ten on ten i get to choose two um i can either have us both gain uh two leverage or oh no i i, I never mind uh i gain uh two leverage uh, or we both gain two leverage and then i also gain three leverage okay Oh, that puts us on a nice equal five. It does. And I think it's important to say that is obviously not what I expect to be the whole of the matter, but it is a sincere gesture. You're quite right. I am glad for the gesture. And this definitely starts these negotiations on a better footing than I expected. However, whether you see it this way or not, one of my family is dead. And they died in your city. So, I think some more significant recompense is owed. Let me ask, Broker, do you have any family? And that is a veiled threat. Well, veiled. <laughs> yeah, the, the Broker smiles, which is unusual and eerie to see. If this were any other person, uh, it would look like somebody confidently revealing a trump card. Uh, but on the broker, nothing in the realm of confidence sits properly on their face. Uh, it is unnerving. And he says, well, I don't know, Mr. Youngblood, if you'd like to threaten my family, I should hope you could tell me who they are. So I was going to use this as a veil threat, but I think actually... Uh... I want to do a learn information move. Yes, yes. Uh, so I'm going to flash back to prepare for this uh, negotiation. Um, so am I investing resources? I think so. Um, All right. Given how personal it is, I think Remington will put resources in to know whether the broker has any family to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, is this information unprotected? I'd have to ask you, James. Let's say... Yes, because I'll be very interested if if you can learn this and to see how you learn this. Mm-hmm. Um, and am I willing to risk being discovered? Absolutely, because the discovery of me trying to find out is also a threat. Yeah, it's kind of the point of it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm rolling with a plus two, but I did roll a three. <laughs> so mm. I get a five, which is a fumble. Um. Yeah, on six you fail and must choose two. It's it's so not much. a it's not a full fumble, which we don't have to go through the fumble. Oh, okay, which okay, is okay. good. Just a failure, um, but yeah, choose two. I think then my my agent was captured, mm-hmm. uh, so you gain one leverage, and I think it came at great expense. So I spend another resource. Uh, Mister Youngblood, we uh, haven't had the opportunity to to speak to one another in person yet. Uh, And again, I I really do want to emphasize the the amount of respect that that I hold for you and uh, your your family, generally speaking, and the capability of what I would call your empire. Um, But I, I have to say, if you are going to bluff in my presence, uh, you should go about it more carefully. 
Um, the broker uh, motions to one of the spooky butlers, and they slide a letter across the table. It is done it, it, like very officially. Uh, it is a notice of condolence to the family of the agent that you dispatched to discover this information. Uh, it, of course, lacks your crest and signature and seal. I took the liberty of having my agents prepare this for you. Uh, I realize you put enough time and money into it as it is, and I wouldn't want you to waste any more of it. So, James, before I respond, I'd like to just <laughs> clarify something, which is that I still did get the information, right? Because I uh, didn't choose this information as incomplete or imperfect. So I think I spent more oh, resources yeah. on it, but I still get it. But I have a... This is great, though. The information that you got is, like, eerie and shocking in that the broker has no family and... Really, there is no record of the person who is the broker like existing. There sure. was the thing you learn is there was an assistant to the previous broker who oversaw the actuary and accounting uh, within the black market. That broker was forced to leave the city in an early retirement. Afterwards, this broker has been the broker, but the only name and record you have for them is being the broker. It's excellent. Yeah. Uh, so yes, um, in which case I will very calmly open the letter, look at it, sign it and say, right, well, it seems you found one of my agents, but I'm sure you know the broker that if I'm making threats on your family, having family members you can get rid of is quite useful in that sort of situation. Because what happens when there's only one left? Um, at that point, I'm making the veiled threat again because it's, you know, obviously the implication is, well, I'll have to kill you then, won't I? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to use Remington's ability nice and early, uh, which is that, uh, yes, before I roll, which I've done. So I can choose to succeed at a veiled threat without rolling once per game, and I must decide before I roll. So I'm not bothering to roll. Cool. But this veiled threat of, um, ah, you thought you had been hiding this spooky information. Well, it turns <laughs> out that just means I'll have to have you killed. Yes, I like that. That is a good move. Yeah, so on a 10 plus, choose two. I'm going to give you a disadvantage to one of your future cool. roles. Um, and I am going to gain an additional two leverage. With, with that, the broker sits up. Mr. Youngblood, I... Again, I appreciate the emotion of anger. It is one that, that I, I think in many situations uh, can be helpful, can be clarifying. But you, you speak of me threatening your family or taking a piece of your family. The, the sins that Tiberius Youngblood would have committed uh, against not just me personally, which... I do consider to be significant, but my city, uh, my business, and the people of Bougenith far outstrip the importance of his life. The broker is stating a grievance here. Mm -hmm. Are you capitalizing on a secret? No. Is it personal? Yes. Uh, are you willing to mm -hmm. lose composure? The broker, I think, started that statement kind of implying that he, he wasn't, so I'm, I'm going to go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just plus one here. And you have a disadvantage. 
Oh. Oh, are, are you going to are you going to use that disadvantage dice then? Oh, it's a spend. Yeah, isn't it's it? a spend. You um, can choose if this is the moment. Yes, yes. I I think I'm going to use my disadvantage on that. Okay, okay. So this I was barely gonna uh, partially succeed, but maybe not now. Uh, nope. The disadvantage dice came up six, uh, which was higher than the other one. So I do roll a six, and plus one brings that to seven. So this is a partial success okay. on my part. And seven to nine gain uh, two leverage, but I have to choose two. Yeah, I think I'm going to reveal a secret for sure. These are tough. I don't know which one I want to walk away with. I am going to also reveal a weakness in this, which will give you plus one leverage. Okay, I'm now up to eight, and (laughs) you have also managed to equalize to eight. Mm -hmm. That's, hey, that's the broker, baby. Your brother... I'm, I'm, I'm not a sh- I'm not sure how aware of his actions you are uh, the, the the full width and breadth of them. I think you are very well aware that Tiberius Youngblood attempted to lead a red feather force to invade the city of Bouchanith. We don't know the full extent of their plans because they were thwarted by my actions and by my hand. But there is a very good chance that they would have tried to depose the keeper of the traitor's skull, that they would have tried to disband the black market. And I do know, with a deep degree of certainty, that at least part of Tiberius's plans was to disrupt what allows our city to function free of care or worry over attacks of the mariner. This is something of a civic secret, but because you are willing to threaten me, and therefore the stability of Bougenith, as I am the figure that currently stands between us and Red Feather domination, I will reveal it to you. Our city is kept safe by an agreement between us and the monks of the Liquid Swords Monastery. Through their rituals, through their magics, the waters in our bay are free from the mariner's blight. Uh, We could even fish if we were willing to risk having this secret get out. But Tiberius Youngblood spent... Goodness knows how many months at the end of our interrogation, it really didn't matter, bribing the monks of the Liquid Swords to slowly increase their demands of payment from our city to levels which we could never have accommodated. He intended to disrupt our ability to protect ourselves from the Mariner to make us dependent on the fleet of the Red Feather Syndicate. We would have had to strike a deal from a place of desperation as the few Clearwater ships that represent our civic fleet barely held the Mariner at bay until we welcomed in a new Red Feather force, which likely would have boxed out many of the corsairs that currently trade in our market, and perhaps even some of the privateers who have fallen out of Red Feather favor. You know the black market. You know how important we are to the economy of the rediscovered world. 
This was an impulsive action, taken by an impulsive man, who was an existential threat not just to the peace and stability and prosperity of the world, and especially my city, but he represented a threat to every single person that lives here. If those protections had fallen, there is no guarantee of when a fleet of drowned sailors would have showed up and docked themselves against our historic dock, moving through the city, slaying every single person, or at least cursing them with the mariner's mark. It's easy for a man with ambition to lose lose sight of what that means. But you understand what that could have been. You are more mature. You are more reasonable than Tiberius. And you understand, surely, how severe what he did or tried to do was. Yes, well, that's very poetic, and I can clearly see that you value this city like I value members of my family. But I think what you fail to understand is that I hold no love for this city like you do, and quite frankly, I don't care a jot about any individual or collective population that is here if you fail to be useful to me and mine. Now, you're entirely right. Tiberius's actions were very rash, but the Red Feathers and the Youngbloods protect many cities, many areas from the Mariner, without having to resort to uh, dependence on the rituals of the Liquid Sword. And yet, when Tiberius made his move, instead of settling these things like civilised human beings, you instead resorted to dark and terrible magics to make your feelings felt. And quite frankly, you've put me in a terrible situation because, as you say, you you value the black market and you value its success. And, I mean, the Youngbloods have made significant use of that black market. But at this point, you are... You're jeopardising your own relationship with the Red Feathers. Your enthusiasm to protect your city, you forget how important the Red Feather Syndicate and the Youngbloods are to this city. And I'm going to be stating a grievance, which is that the broker has jeopardised the trading relationship um, with the Youngbloods. And I am going to use the broker's ability here and give you a disadvantage die on this roll. Just so good at broking. Um, Am I capitalising on a secret? Yes. Because the uh, relationship to the Liquid Swords was revealed. Yes. Um, is it personal? I still argue yes, because we're both talking about what's most important to us, and this is the Youngblood family as opposed to the Red Feathers. Yes. I, if, if that's accepted. I could accept that, yeah. You, you definitely emphasize yeah. that. And are you willing to lose composure? I, I don't think in this... Uh, at this point, uh, Remington is also being calm, so I don't think he's losing composure. Yeah. So, oh, I'm rolling three dice, but I do have a plus two. Uh, and that puts me at a minimum of six, so plus two is eight. <sighs> so, gain plus two leverage 
Uh, so I should do that now. But, uh, dun, 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 dun. right, I have to choose two of these. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to reveal a secret and immediately demand a concession uh, using my current leverage. So how, because this I think is the first concession that's being demanded, is this just a, a just role play out the, the demand and then? Uh, yeah, so the way this is gonna work, uh, you can see down under demand a concession, uh, there are mm -hmm. point costs to different demands that you can tie into a concession. And you will make yep. an overall demand that will include those different point totals, but decide like beforehand, like I think this is, you know, this is gonna be a full eight point concession or whatever. The thing that you have to keep in mind is that I can use concessions that you demand for me uh, to resolve mm -hmm. your grievances, uh, to resolve like your main agenda. Yep. The thing is here, Broker, you may well have won this battle. The Red Feathers aren't done with this place. Tiberius may be gone, yes, but the Red Feathers are already mobilizing to try and take Bougenith once again. And without certain friends who might want to have the ear of the Red Feathers, I think your days and the days of Bougenith as a free city are just inevitably numbered. And all the magic in the world will not be able to stop you when multiple Red Feather ships appear on the horizon and take this city with steel and fire. So, if you would like to still have that friend, to whisper in those ears and prevent the inevitable demise of everything that you hold dear, well, as one of your most valued clients, I think the young bloods might have some demands which will go against the interest of your skull holder or whatever you call your government in this place. <laughs> and you will listen to me. And I'm trying to demand the concession to, well, I think uh, this would be monolithic, given that it's the city's government, but I maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just a strong ally. It Basically, do you think this is a two or three point concession? Uh, so if you are asking to have the broker side with you against the traitor, the keeper of the traitor's skull, I think that would be a monolithic ally. I would, I yeah, would consider that, that three points. Sure. So I will be. So I spend that leverage regardless, right? And then it's just. Is that yes, all you're a you're asking in this concession? Oh, I can do multiple concessions. Can yes, I? you can. Oh, like you are laying down. Like this is what I need you to appease me. You have to favor me above the keeper of the traitor skull. You have to blah 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 blah. Like you can ask any of these things. Ooh, I think I'd also like the um, the broker because they value this so much to enter an ongoing contract with the young bloods. Mm -hmm. um, so there is a paper trail that Remington can use as as future leverage, and I think I'm happy with those five points. I think I'll leave it at that. So now I have to decide for this concession uh, whether I will accept or reject it. I'm not going to be magnanimous here because this is a pretty <laughs> significant betrayal that you have asked of me. I, again, 
you have reasserted the seriousness of of your terms and and I appreciate uh, all of the places that uh, these demands are coming from, both from a reasonable political and business perspective and also from an emotional perspective. I will favor the young blood family above the Clearwater family. And this is a significant offer in that the Clearwater family is the most powerful and influential noble family in Bujanith. Mm-hmm. It is ships of their fleet technically act as part of the civic defense fleet for Bujanith, and they interact heavily with the office of the Keeper of the Trader's Skull. But one important thing is they don't control it. They, yeah. they can't. But the broker is going to back it from a monolithic ally to a strong ally. Okay. But to be clear, I'm still spending five points on that. Yes. That's the, the caveat. Yes. Yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And as far as ongoing contracts, I am more than happy to keep contract with the Youngblood family. Uh, the first thought that I had when all of this terrible business broke out was, oh no. What if I don't see those lovely purple and and gold checks over my city? I adore that little silver stag on your crest. Uh, I would hate to think that this unpleasantness in any way jeopardized our relationship. So a contract is more than acceptable to me. But there are some things you should know because you you complimented my poetry earlier, and I have to compliment your poetry as well. Steel and fire, indeed. Uh, there is something very serious that, that you should know. Uh, and that is something that I've had my agents working very carefully on after the city was first attacked. You see, we assumed that our relationship with the Red Feather Syndicate was in historical standing, that even if there was an enthusiastic upstart within Red Feather ranks who suggested perhaps taking Bougenith, that the business conducted in this city and value of this city as an ally was too much for the Red Feathers to consider sacrificing. We, as a city, represent a lot of opportunity, including to families such as your own. You probably know this already, but at least 15% of your annual revenue is based on business conducted within our borders under the unique opportunities presented by the black market. But the reason that the Red Feathers decided that we were a valid target actually concerns you a great deal. We have come into possession of these documents. He once again signals for a spooky butler uh, to come over, and they place on the table a leather-bound file. 
inside there are documents. Uh, they are bloodstained, uh, certainly, um, but still legible. Uh, this details a 50-year economic plan uh, drafted by members of the Red Feather Syndicate, taken from inside their own halls. Uh, we lost more than a few agents reclaiming this, but the most important and pertinent piece of information for you is that within 50 years, the Red Feather Syndicate envisions skies above sphere distinctly lacking in privateer vessels. By hook or by crook, they intend to make families such as yours a thing of the past. I don't mean to suggest that there will be a violent putting down of the young bloods. More, you'll be put in an inconvenient position where you'll be forced to sign over the remainder of your weave to their hands. The Red Feathers already outnumber vessels of even your fleet, the largest privateer armada, by 10 to 1. Of course, not all of their ships are combat vessels like your own, but the point stands the same. If you were drawn into direct conflict with the Red Feather Syndicate, especially, and the broker smiles, without allies, I don't foresee you or even Olivia overcoming those odds. It's just a question of numbers. And I'm very good at those. So this is the broker speaking candidly. So I reveal a secret and speak honestly. Does your secret place you in a vulnerable position? This I'll leave in your hands. The broker definitely suggested that he lost agents within the Red Feather Syndicate. That could be valuable compromise against the broker, but you know, there's also a very likely chance that if the agents were lost, then they know that they originated with the broker's offices. So I'll let you noodle on that. Is the information valuable to your opponent? Absolutely. Does your opponent like dealing with you in this moment? That is a big question. I I think it's going to have to be a no because again the 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 ghost of Tiberius Youngblood hangs above the proceedings. Yes, of course. Um, um and I think it I think it does place you in a, a vulnerable position. All right, then I will roll at plus 2. I roll a seven that brings me to nine. So I choose one of these. Your opponent is moved to offer a secret in return. Your ode gained two leverage. Your opponent is mollified, gained th- or they lose three leverage. Y- you may uh, add a caveat to a concession. I am going to back down to betray a weaker ally. You know, it. when I think of friends and friendship, oddly enough, I find my mind straying over the Clearwater family as a whole. Uh, I, I think they're really a, a great group of people, though the current patriarch, Barnabas Clearwater, 
I'm not as much of a fan with. So while I will, of course, favor the young bloods, I will only favor the young bloods over the clear waters when Barnabas is at disposal. Uh, In fact, if you were willing to act against Barnabas, then I'd enthusiastically back your play without thinking of it because because friends are so important. You're lucky that I'm in the mood for blood today. Fine. Barnabas Clearwater will be dealt with. Oh, good. Look, we have had good dealings in the past. A fruitful relationship, and I thank you for the information that you have provided me. Although, you must consider that a stable situation in Sphere is not good for either of us. With no privateers, there are no corsairs, and with no corsairs, well, you lose clientele. Well, I would back that off a little bit. There is a chance that privateers become corsairs. Then I'll just have to foresee myself or Olivia at the head of one of the most powerful corsair fleets that Sphere has ever seen. Well, almost one of the most powerful. I do think the Tempest Armada outnumbers you two to one. We'll have to see what happens in the future. We have a little while, as these documents say, until I have to deal with that particular problem. But that is not a problem with you, and in fact is a problem that we could both mutually benefit from. I'm so glad you said that. Yes, because I have a proposition. I have need for resources. Do you now? Yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, well, yeah. Go ahead. I think um, for me, I was I was uh, attempting to make an overture in that moment. Oh, please, yeah. Um, and I think I think that's occurred. Although I think I mean, I didn't really praise the broker in that moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should I said something about his his cool feathery mantle? Or? I mean, he's hard to um, praise. That's that's I think a strength true, of him. True. Is everything he'd he'd know it was falsehood because everything about him is terrible. Yeah, well, you know. Um, although, and one thing that we didn't cover is uh, what Remington looks like in his wedding. Oh yeah, and uh, I <laughs> I just I love the idea with the dabbling with necromancy and his general backstory um, that he is. Also a terribly extra goth, oh, but in a man. very different style. <laughs> yeah, well, and you've got the, the purple and gold colors of, of your family behind you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, please describe what, what this, this person looks like. I, I feel so foolish for not calling it out earlier. So uh, Remington, obviously, is a man in his 40s and is more used to um, the desk and the dinner party. So is, is slightly overweight and has sort of slicked back widow's peak hair. Um, which is black, um, quite a pale complexion, and um, no facial hair, but is wearing a um, one of those, and I don't know what they're called, but they have those incredibly high, stiff collars. I mean, fundamentally, an, an imperialist's jacket. Um, there are no epaulettes, but this jacket is begging for them. Um, it is black with gold buttons, but underneath you can see that he is wearing purple pinstripe trousers, um, knee-length black patent leather boots and a uh, very fancy purple cravat. Cool, cool. Fundamentally, he looks like a a member of a My Chemical Romance knockoff band. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, so I've I've made an overture as well. Mm. Um, 
Uh, so yeah, didn't praise the broker. I'm not spending a resource, but I did remind them of the value of our alliance. Absolutely. So that's just with a plus one. That is a six up to a seven. So I will choose one. I think, given the nature of this, I think we both gain a leverage because it was very much a we're in a mutually beneficial relationship yeah. and we want to keep that. I, I am so happy to, to hear that you value our relationship in the way that I do, which is why I would like to offer a proposition to you. You see, I was disturbed by just thinking about the idea of a world without privateers. You, of course, know that I would also be disturbed by the idea of a world without corsairs. I imagine that perhaps the Youngblood Empire might also start at that idea a bit, as it is so much of what you do to hunt and capture. Uh, I think what has happened with the Red Feather Syndicate in the stability, the, the way the world operates as it is, is, is no longer acceptable to them, is unacceptable to me in the entirety, which means I would like you to join me in opposing the Red Feather Syndicate. Not openly, of course. Uh, I, I have no interest in seeing either of us face steel and fire, as you so eloquently put it earlier, but they cannot continue to expand unchecked. They cannot continue to change the systems upon which folk like you and I rely. So the first part of the broker's proposal is absolutely betray a monolithic ally. Mm -hmm. This, of course, would be dangerous. Uh, even performed in secret, uh, this would absolutely be a risk to not just your family, but you personally. Uh, and I appreciate that risk. But I nonetheless see it as quite important. And as you know, I have recently lost access to my allies within the syndicate itself, uh, who uh, had quite high standing, uh, which puts me in an inconvenient position, especially as I currently have a, a tactical nightmare of potentially having to uh, repel an invasion of Red Feather ships at some point in the future. Obviously, they don't have the excuses they were looking for in coming to rescue the city as liberators or arrest the leaders of our city for dealing with Corsairs, uh, but they will try to find a justification. And certainly, you whispering in ears is going to be important, but knowing where and when they intend to strike is just as important. And for that, I believe you have the resources that I do not have. So the, the broker is asking you to betray a monolithic ally, risk your reputation, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. take a major risk in a covert task. Okay. So seven points. I think Remington is going to be magnanimous in this. Wow. Okay. So that turns it into a an eight-point 
concession. Uh, I gain. What are you going to add on to that? To oh, do I? Yeah. So uh, when when you are magnanimous, uh, I believe you I increase the value by one and gain two leverage. Okay. Okay. So never mind. Yeah. You you gain leverage. Cool. <laughs> You're quite right. Of course. That is a future that neither of us want, and as much as I would love to watch the Red Feathers waste their resources on this city and weaken themselves, losing, as you say, the trading relationship with yourself would be a very painful blow. Yes, you have my agreement. Yes. When the time is right... And when the opportunity presents itself, I will be willing to do as you ask. The broker nods. That goes a very long way to addressing some of the concerns that I had over the young bloods and by association crimes against the city. But I'm a, I'm. So glad that, that that you agreed to that because actually uh, there is something more pressing, uh, especially that we now have you as a newly minted enemy of the Red Feather Syndicate. You see, I was operating a trade deal that actually your brother participated in. His offer was ultimately not selected. At the time, I was hoping it would be uh, simply because he was offering a tremendous amount of resources uh, as part of this deal. Uh, But inconvenient things occurred, which cut out my percentage. So ultimately, at the end of the day, I I, I don't care that much to have lost that money. Uh, You see, I was trading a not inconsiderable amount of captured featherweave, taken from the civility, nonetheless. I'm sure you've heard that recently that uh, fabled vessel has committed itself to the sea uh, at the hands of the pirate Oromar Vale, no less. This featherweave was fascinating, though. It was brought to the attention of my office as uh, the Uhuru was looking to trade it with someone who could afford it. And those types of people can only really afford to do business here within the safety of this city and the black market itself. And of course, with such a valuable piece of trading cargo, we had to do our diligence and make sure that it was authentic. What we discovered, I believe, represents the most significant weakness that I have ever found in the Red Feather's domination of Sphere ever recorded. And it is that the feather weave they were trading was not authentic feather weave. In that, it operated exactly the way you would expect feather weave to operate. It could easily have kept ships aloft, and therefore I felt no trepidation trading it to partners, even if they didn't understand exactly how this feather weave was different or why this feather weave was different. But it was being held aboard the civility. 
outside the prying eyes of all of Sphere. I believe, and this is conjecture, I believe that the Red Feather Syndicate has a competitor in manufacturing, a competitor that they cannot control. And so they seize materials and house them away, studying to see how it was made, or perhaps just keeping it away from the rest of the world. What they have, the ability to create the most valuable resource in the whole of Sphere, is no longer wholly theirs. This episode of Skyjacks was edited by Allie Grauer. This episode was also sponsored by Fat Magic, a D&D 5e campaign setting. Fat Magic is a fantasy adventure about food, community, and spaghetti wizards for the 5th edition of Dungeons & Dragons. This more than 250-page book spans four immersive food-saturated settings and is packed with culinary spells, fantastical food monsters, and foodie subclasses, like the Pact of the Celebrity Chef Warlock, the Way of the Fermented Grain Monk, and the Saucerer Sorcerer. Best of all, it includes art by the official Courier's Call artist, Jess Kaczynski. If that piqued your interest, you should head to FatMagicRPG.com and back Fat Magic on Kickstarter right now. You can, of course, also find them by searching for Fat Magic on Kickstarter. A huge thank you to the Fat Magic team for sponsoring the show this week. We had another sponsor this week from The Pod Has Been Cast. The Pod Has Been Cast is a sci-fi D&D actual play show. Join Voidmaster Jules with Bianca, Carlos, and Robert as they tell a story of three Voidfarers and the adventures that await them in the endless sea of swirling darkness they call the Void. Inspired by sci-fi classics like Firefly, Farscape, Cowboy Bebop, and the Mass Effect series, the pod has been cast is perfect for any and all lovers of cosmic gunslingers, cyberpunk hackers, and robots. Oh, Boy, there are quite possibly actually too many robots. You can find them at thephbcast.com or on Instagram and Reddit at thepodhasbeencast or wherever you get your podcasts. Listeners of Skyjacks will recognize Jules from one of our Skyjacks live shows where they played a person who was made entirely out of cats. They're a great performer and you're definitely going to want to check out their show. Finally, before we reach our credits, I want to take a quick moment and thank our backers on Patreon. Sergio, thank you so much. Amy Aldrich, thank you. Jake Moreland, thank you so much. Alex Dominguez, thank you. Adam Seats, thank you very much. Oriana Nowhere, thank you so much. The Real Annabelle Lee, thank you. Monica Wilk, thank you so much. Hollow Zam, uh, and I think it's pronounced Zam. Uh, it is spelled X-A-M, so I'm taking a shot in the dark there, but I hope I thanked you properly. Thank you so much. Zoe Parminter, thank you. Mads Oliver, thank you very much. Chloe Perez, thank you so much. Lily Beal, thank you. 
Seamus Quigley, thank you very much. Lisa Gold, thank you. And Andrew Lucchesi, thank you so much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. This month, we have a lot of really cool bonus content lined up. Hopefully, with the second part of this series, if I can get my editorial act together, we're going to have a special behind-the-scenes episode with Ben Meredith, where we go through the backstory of Remington Youngblood, and we learn some absolutely buckwild stuff about the Youngbloods and the stuff that they get up to that... The luminaries told us and ties into the plot in, of course, an eerily perfect way. Ben and I pretty much couldn't believe the things that we were getting out of it. It's truly amazing. I am editing it right now. Uh, I can't wait to share it all with you, but you will have access to it if you're signed up on our Patreon at the $5 level or more. And once again, I am hoping to start getting that out to you next week if I can. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon already and everyone who's going to sign up in the future. Now, with all of that out of the way, the credits. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast paired. Travis Matago was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. 
Travis Matago was played by Johnny O'Mara, who could be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y. Or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky. Do you love Star Wars but kind of wish you didn't? Then join us on the Expounded Universe podcast as we read through all the old Star Wars novels that took the galaxy far, far away that you know and love and turned it into a place where Han Solo can punch a giant otter and Luke Skywalker almost gets eaten by a giant gold-plated pillar of Dinty Moore beef stew. Did you like Princess Leia? Well, too bad! Now she's a space racist! Don't believe me? You'll just have to listen to find out on Expounded Universe.